I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mayweather. The nothing personal word of the day is Mayweather. As in Floyd Mayweather, what was he doing in a duffel bag being carried by Greg Robinson in a trunk of a car going through the border in Mexico? Oh, sorry. It was actually marijuana, not Mayweather. Greg Robinson of the Cleveland Browns had as much marijuana in his car. It was like smuggling Mayweather. That's what he was doing. Can you imagine, like, opening the trunk and seeing Floyd Mayweather? That's what it was like. But he wasn't going to distribute it. He was just going to smoke it. I would assume he thought he wasn't going to be signed as a free agent. Because if you're going to be a professional football player, I don't know how you have time to possibly smoke all of Floyd Mayweather, like, personally, like, in your house alone. No distribution. Boy, do we have to update the sign-stealing scandal. Thank you so much for being here on Nothing Personal. CBS Sports HQ, can you imagine? We are in spring training. Regular season's about a month away, a little over a month. Teams are out there. When you're in spring training, you're getting ready for the season. You're answering questions to the media every day. You're thinking about positioning your players, what your batting order is going to be like. You're getting ready physically. You're getting ready mentally. This spring training has been an abject disaster so far, and we haven't even played one game. We're trying to get back to normal, whether it's on Nothing Personal or here on the queue, as we're trying to tell you what's going on with pitching rotations. Tell you what the depth is of the Mets starting rotation. That's important to know. Tell you who's going to win the World Series, who's not, who's going to play in it. What the best lines are. What are the value plays? Here's the small problem. We have a cloud the size of the biggest mushroom you've ever seen. And it's hanging over us, and it's descending upon us as baseball people, as sports fans, because every day, every moment, there is a new wrinkle, a new comment, a new twist to the sign-stealing scandal involving the Houston Astros. And oh, by the way, we have not even heard what's going to happen to the Boston Red Sox. Joe Madden, the new manager of the Los Angeles Angels, Joe Madden who is in charge of a team having left the Cubs in a very acrimonious way that we've talked about here on Nothing Personal and, of course, on the queue. He said he'd like to just, let's get done. Let's heal. Let's talk. Let's be done. The problem is when you're in the middle of a scandal, you cannot tell people when it's time to be done. What you can do is try to stop picking the scab. And as a compulsive picker, I can tell you, it's super hard to stop. So what's the latest? We had Giancarlo Stanton of the New York Yankees. He took the microphone and he echoed what his teammate Aaron Judge had said, except he put a little twist on it, a little personal twist for me. It was a bit personal, but awesome. He said, hey, in 2017, when he won the MVP with 59 home runs, I would have hit 80 home runs if I knew what was coming. What's funny about Giancarlo is we would talk all the time that he never knew what was coming. 
that was one of the biggest failings that will stop him from hitting 150 home runs because if he knows that an 0-2 slider is definitely coming, he wouldn't swing at them. And if he would only swing at fastballs, he may very well hit 80 to 100 home runs every year, assuming he can stay on the field. Why is that such an interesting comment? There's never been an angle like that. Aaron Judge talked about takeaway Altuve's MVP. I feel cheated. We should have won. Cody Bellinger said, the Dodgers, we lost a ring because of what the Astros have done. We've lost respect for the players. There's so much player infighting. But what what Giancarlo did yesterday is actually talked about his own individual performance and how that would have been enhanced. Back in the day, I heard a lot of that when I would speak to players about steroids. We knew some players were on steroids. We knew some players weren't, and we knew the difference. It's not hard to tell when you walk through a clubhouse who's on steroids and who's not. Sometimes you can be surprised. Generally, you're not. But you didn't often hear players going public saying, listen, I know that if I would take steroids, I would have gotten a long-term seven-year deal for $200 million. But because I didn't, I'm getting four years for $50 million. That sort of difference that you're hearing now is very subtle, but critical, making this scandal far different than anything else I've seen in baseball or, frankly, across sports. Even when we saw Deflategate, when we saw the possibility of the New England Patriots messing with the footballs, you really didn't hear the opposing team say, well, I wish I had known that because then I would have adjusted how I throw. Or, oh, if I had known that, then I would have been able to complete more passes, throw more touchdowns. You just didn't get that. But not only are players in Major League Baseball calling for the Astros to be stripped of their World Series title, which is never going to happen, they're also upset at Commissioner Rob Manford for the comments he's made. They're also upset with their own union for allowing players to get immunity. What I'm talking about, as you've read, but I want to clarify in just a few sentences. You've read that Rob Manford, the commissioner, did not do his job properly because he granted immunity to the Astros players and therefore they were not punished enough. Players are yelling it from the rafters. They're tweeting it left and right. The Astros should have been punished more. They cheated. The problem is when you grant immunity to someone, you cannot then punish them. And were it not for the immunity to be granted, there would have been no testimony and therefore no knowledge of exactly what happened. Maybe there were other Mike Fires around. Did you happen to notice Giancarlo Stanton not give Mike Fires any credit at all for what he did? It had nothing to do with whether he was happy that the information came out, which he is. It had to do with back in 2014 when Stanton got hit in the face by a Mike Fires fastball, something that Stanton has not, will not ever forgive, forget, or move on from. I've never been hit in the face with a fastball at 98. I can only tell you if I were to have that happen, I'm not sure that I would forgive or forget too easily either. If you had seen Stanton's face after that happened up close, which I did, I'm not sure you would ever forgive or forget that either. And it's never been about Mike Fires. Even when Commissioner Rob Manford takes the podium, grabs the microphone in his apologetic second press conference where he apologizes for what he said about the World Series trophy. Did you read that at all? When he called it a piece of metal? I was actually going to bring in our World Series trophy from the Marlins. We have a World Series trophy from 2003 and... In the, in the, the, the rules are the following. When a team wins the World Series, it's a trophy made by Tiffany. And 
the team is allowed a total of three trophies. So the team keeps one, and then the owner gets one, and I was allowed to get one too. So I have a regular, actual, full World Series trophy. I was going to bring in the World Series trophy, put it right here on the Nothing Personal studio set, and I was going to say, listen, this is what you play for. This is what matters. I still may do it later on in the show because there's something else that's going to come up as it relates to World Series trophies and people's desires to have one. So Rob Manford, he takes the microphone. He apologizes for calling it a piece of metal. He then says, I will make sure that Mike Fires is protected, whatever it takes. There was a question from the media about whether or not there was a concern about the health and welfare and safety of Mike Fires. Will players take it into their own hands to be upset with what Mike Fires did by being a snitch? Just now, today, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, no less, is meeting the media. David Ortiz is talking about Mike Fires and not necessarily agreeing with the timing of what Mike Fires did, saying, why wouldn't Mike Fires say this during the possible season that it was happening? Why wouldn't Mike Fires say this while the Astros were doing it? Why wait till he's on the A's? Why wait till he got his ring? Many players are critical of him for that. They're not calling him a snitch. They're not calling him a whistleblower. They're merely saying he sort of violated the clubhouse code. So Rob Manford takes the podium and says, well, protect him. Mike Fires takes the microphone and says, protection. I don't need protection. I'm perfectly fine. I can defend myself. I'm giving you example after example of why there is this cloud over baseball. The discussion has not been about anything on the field, and there is no end in sight. People are pointing to the fact that LeBron James spoke up. LeBron James, people from other sports, King James is being asked about the Astros sign-stealing scandal. And he sent a tweet, which is how to communicate with people. Basically, 400,000 likes of a tweet where he said, hey, I don't play baseball, I'm in sports, but if I know someone cheated me out of winning a title and I found out, I would be irate. Like, uncontrollable. So, commissioner, get out there and make some changes. Are you sure, LeBron? that stealing signs and using the trash can is what made the Astros win the World Series? Is everyone out there watching and listening to this, are you positive that that's a bridge you can cross? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, forget the legal term beyond a reasonable doubt, forget the civil term, which is the preponderance, beyond a preponderance of the evidence, which means is there more than 50% evidence that the result of the game or the result of four out of the seven games would have been different. Are you sure? When LeBron says that there was someone getting cheated out of a title, I guess I would say this. Let's pretend, let's pretend that the Lakers are up one over the Bucks in game seven of this year's NBA Finals. Let's pretend that Giannis drives, does the European seven-step, lays it in. It's a finger roll. It is clear as day that the buzzer goes off before the ball leaves his fingers. Clear as day with replay with everything. They got it wrong. They allowed the basket to count. The Bucks win game seven. The Lakers are not the champions. There is overwhelming video proof. Does the NBA say, I'm sorry? 
did they strip the title from the Bucks and give it to the Lakers? Let's say it's not discovered for a day, a week, a month, a year. They're going to do that? No. What about the NFL with the pass interference during the NFC Championship game? Do they reverse it? Play the game over? There was such an outcry. Play the game over. That should have been a penalty. You can't do it. And those, I would argue, are even more easily, you can pin the result difference on those calls. More so in my NBA example. Less so in the New Orleans Saints pass interference example. And way less in the sign-stealing scandal. You're right. It's easier to hit a ball when you know what's coming. Stanton's right. You're right. It feels like cheating. Judge is right. However, not one player, not one official, not one witness, even on opposing teams, the best they can say is they're cheaters. There is an asterisk next to their world championship. They should be censured, said someone from ESPN. I think it could have been Buster only. Said, let's censure them. It's a funny word to use in sports. You don't often use it. Does any of that say, we have had opportunities now for over a week, two weeks, for anyone to come forward and show me proof that you need to know that the result would have been different. You don't have it. You don't have it. Move on to another subject. The subject you move on to is what now? What do we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? What does the union do to make sure that its players aren't so fractured that their ability to collectively bargain a new agreement is so prejudiced right now because the union is so fractured? What does the commissioner do to make sure that from a PR standpoint, from an integrity of the game standpoint, that the game continues? Do you put an end to it? Do you let people vent more and then let it end when it should end? That's my view. Let it end when people say it ends. If people never say it ends, then it never ends. But if you're going to say it never ends, if you're going to be one of the people out there in the media or one of the fans listening or watching this show who says, I will not rest until proper punishment is given to Astros players. Do you know what you're actually saying? You're saying you don't want to rest. You're saying that you're going to be awake like an insomniac because you're hoping for something that will never happen. I hope the sun would rise in the West. How great would that be? I'll keep hoping. May happen. I doubt it. Okay. The next thing that happened in this sign-stealing scandal, which is getting people completely crazed, and people just don't understand it, so I want to explain it. A memo was sent by Major League Baseball saying, if you throw at a player, you will be subject to discipline to all pitchers, Ray Beaning. If you intentionally throw at a player, you will be subject to discipline. Oh, God, there's, there, there's been a clock stoppage. The sky's falling. People lost their minds. You're telling me that we are going to punish pitchers for throwing at hitters when we didn't punish the Astros hitters for stealing signs? That's like me saying, I'm going to punish a guy who's 6'5 because I'm 5'5. Is it that guy's fault? It's that guy's fault? The reason the memo was sent is simple. It was not sent because of what happened with the Astros. 
it was sent because from a legal standpoint, there has to be a record. And the record is Major League Baseball will not permit the possible intentional harm of its players. Period. End of story. Was that memo going to be sent prior to the Astros sign-stealing scandal? Prior to everybody saying, we may go after him. There's an over-under that we talked about here at the queue. An over-under for the number of times the Astros will be beamed. I have a pretty good surprise for you. Number one, the memo, while baseball is claiming it was contemplated before this, no. Of course they sent it as a result of this. Was it the right thing for them to do? Yes. They have to put on record, on notice, every pitcher. If you do this, we will suspend you. Even if you grieve it, we will suspend you. Why? Because you're right. Maybe the Astros cheated, which they did. Maybe they won the World Series, which they shouldn't have won. I told you that's not possible, but it could be. Can you say it's not possible, but it could be? When you're a pitcher throwing at someone, can you say, I didn't mean to. I'm just throwing inside. I'm just trying to make a statement pitch. That's what we used to call it. When I was with the Marlins, that's what we would say. We're going to make a statement tonight. A statement doesn't actually mean you throw inside. A statement means you're actually going to hit someone. Except when you hit someone, you hit them in the numbers. You hit them in the backside. You never go after someone's head. Ever. What I'm telling my team, if you want to go after the Astros, have at it. You hit them in the backside. What's the risk of that? One, you're not going to hurt the player. Two, you're going to get suspended. The managers are going to get suspended. And the owners are going to have to pay those fines because the owners will be complicit because whether you like it or not, owners are very aware when there's going to be a retaliation pitch. There's not one time that we threw at someone that I wasn't aware it was going to happen. I knew the circumstance, the situation. I even knew a time. There's a pitcher named Tom Kohler. Tom Kohler's trying to make it with the Pirates. We were so angry with Kohler because we told him to hit someone, and he couldn't do it. He tried, and he couldn't do it. He was a young guy. That's generally what you do. You have the young guys do it because if they get suspended, you don't care as much. So you have the young guys hit him, and you make sure the guy can throw 94, 95. But you always go for the numbers. You never go for the head. So from my standpoint, we were upset that Kohler didn't do it right because he couldn't get it done. He ended up throwing behind him to the left, to the right. It was a whole cluster. Point is, we know. Everybody knows in baseball. The Astros know and the other 29 teams know that at some point this season, there will be a scenario under which there will be a hit by pitch. However, it's not going to be as widespread. You're betting the under, and here's why. In today's day and age, with launch angle, velocity, you don't want runners on base. Everyone's hitting home runs. You want to give up solo home runs. That's what we would say. Give up solo home runs. Don't put men on base by hitting them, because then when the home run comes, that's a game changer, a two-run, a three-run, or a grand slam. I would not be interested in hitting Astros players, because I'm going to have a hard enough time beating them. There's much more on this sign-stealing scandal, and we're going to keep going. I can tell you that. John Henry. John. I got to show you this. If you're watching this, I appreciate it. If you're listening, a couple things about listening. A, I appreciate that you do. Download, subscribe. Don't forget, at the end of this month, there's going to be a special bonus pod where I answer all questions. Not so you want to talk to Samson questions, which we're going to get to today. That's when you go on my Twitter at David P. Samson and DM me. This is when you go on Apple, you rate five Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star review. Thank you. That matters, according to Debo and Mikey. Coke and I don't know the difference, but it doesn't matter. 
Give it the five stars. Then in the review, write a review, ask a question, and I will answer it at the end of the month. I did it last month. It was fun. The questions this month have been pretty cool so far, so keep them coming. So what I'm holding up now is a statement by John Henry. It's this long. If you're not watching uh, this, then you don't know what I'm saying. But let's just say it's about 14 paragraphs. John Henry released a statement that um, needs an explanation. And the reason it needs an explanation is that uh, I told you on Nothing Personal what we do is we decode for you everything that happens in sports, baseball, football, basketball, doesn't matter. We'll tell you what really should have been said, what was said, or what they meant to say. John Henry, did anyone read Shakespeare? I think, me think thou doth protest too much. There's no doubt I butchered that. I'm sorry, Mr. Lynn. I really am. That's my English teacher. Excuse me. Do I have to say excuse me when I hit the cough button? I don't think I do, actually, because you don't hear it. So I was saying excuse me because of something else I did that I don't think you would have heard. John Henry. 14 paragraphs telling us why he traded Mookie Betts. 14 of them. Talking about he's a Cardinals fan, John Henry was. He loves Stan Musial. So would have been despondent, devastated, if Stan had gotten traded. Stan the man. I understand Dodger fans are happy to have Mookie, he said. But I also know that as Red Sox fans, there's nothing I can say. I know that this is difficult, disappointing. I know that you can't believe you're sad, you're upset. I understand there's nothing I can say that will change how you feel about this. But then he said, it's my responsibility to try. John Henry, you set yourself up for this. You set yourself up for this entire segment. Why would you put in a statement? Why would you allow for a statement? It's my responsibility to try. Then you go ahead and try, except you don't tell the truth. You open yourself up. You go into an entire discussion on free agency, an entire discussion on how it is your job as you run the Red Sox to get enough value back for bets than you would get if you let him leave as a free agent. You talk about the fact that free agency is a right that players earned. That Stan the man may have left the Cardinals, but he was forced to stay, except he was going to go play in Mexico until the owner went down to Mexico to say you can't play for Mexico. This is all in his statement. Do you know how long John Henry's statement should have been? Two sentences. Hi, I'm John Henry. I own the Red Sox. And if I don't trade Mookie Betts, then I'm going to have to pay a huge multi Tens of million tax penalty. I didn't get rich by paying taxes. I don't want to pay that tax. And by the way, I've won you four World Series rings since I bought the team. Trust me, we'll do it again. Wouldn't that have been a better statement? Wouldn't you have liked the honesty of him saying that he traded bets because he needed to get the payroll down? And then his co-owner, Tom Werner, I say co-owner on purpose because they hate when I refer to him that way. John Henry always wanted to be known as the principal owner, never co-anything. Tom Werner, the co-owner, co, said, yeah, if we wanted to get below the luxury tax threshold, we could have traded anybody. We didn't have to trade Mookie Betts. (laughs) Oh, Tom, you make me laugh. I love you, man. You were never going to be commissioner. I know you tried. It was good. I love you, man. 
Yeah, you're right. If you could have traded David Price, you would have. Guess what? The reason why you could not have traded David Price is no one would take him. Just be honest with your fans. Mookie Betts is the last player we wanted to trade, but we had no one else who we could trade who was making that money. J.D. Martinez couldn't move him. Why do you think he opted into the contract this year? Because he was never going to get more in the open market. David Price couldn't move him. Who was going to pay $27 million of the $32 million owed to David Price this year? Nobody. Nobody. Could we have found five players, put them together, done a huge, massive trade to add up to the $27 million to save Mookie Betts? No. Just be honest. <sighs> Frustrated. I cried watching a movie yesterday, and... Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not, I, I don't know if I reviewed, I can't remember. Coke, have I reviewed the documentary about Mr. Rogers before? Okay. So I watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is about Mr. Rogers, I thought. It was about his life, I thought. Tom Hanks was nominated for a supporting actor in the Oscars. He didn't win. Brad Pitt won that. And I was wondering when the nominations came out is why Tom Hanks, who plays Mr. Rogers, would only be nominated as a supporting actor. Why was he being pushed by the studio into the supporting actor instead of into the best actor? And then I saw the movie. And it turns out that Tom Hanks is actually a supporting role. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is not about Mr. Rogers only. It's actually about the writer of an article, a real article. It's a true story but they changed the name for a reason that only lawyers can understand. And as a lawyer, I'm not willing to explain. Who's got time? Who cares? There's a writer for Esquire. His name is Tom Junod. Junod? Jonud? I butcher names. It's what I do. He wrote a huge article about, uh, he's an investigative journalist for Esquire. He was assigned to do a puff piece on Mr. Rogers because Mr. Rogers was a hero. So it was supposed to be a little article about why Mr. Rogers is a hero. He goes to meet Mr. Rogers and it turns out that he basically has a love affair with Mr. Rogers. And I don't mean a physical love affair. It was an absolute mental, like a lost in translation type affair, where he got so swept up in Mr. Rogers and his aura, his aura of, of comfort and love and understanding, that it actually impacted his life. And he wrote a full article in Esquire magazine about Mr. Rogers. This is a movie about the writer of the article. Played by the guy from the Americans, Matthew Reese, Rice, Rise, anyone, Bueller. His name is Matthew. He's in the Americans. He's married to the other star of the Americans, Carrie Felicity Russell. Name? Carrie Russell. Thank you. I love, I love, it's not, it's not like a studio audience because actually they all have work to do and for 45 minutes every day, totally interrupt their work and the reason why they're so happy when 2.45 comes is because they know that's it, they can go back to work and they're listening, waiting for me to butcher a name or say something and they'll yell it out and I need it so I thank you all for doing that. So, why am I telling you to see this movie? Getting back to the review. Um, 
Mr. Rogers is someone that if you don't know who he is, go back and watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He's a man where the normal adage that I have, the cynical adage I have, that things are too good to be true, and if they are, they're not. If something sounds too good to be true, then it's not. If a trade sounds too good to be true, it's never going to happen. If something like a business opportunity sounds too good to be true, it's not going to happen. When people call you or text you or email you saying, all you have to do is sit at home and you can make $2,000 a week, guess what? That's too good to be true. It's not going to happen. All of the pyramid schemes, too good to be true. Stop selling makeup. Not going to happen. Mr. Rogers is the opposite. He's better than what we thought. Not only is it not too good to be true, it's better than what is. This is a man who actually believed that people were good. He actually believed that deep down. Does anyone hear banging but me? Can you hear that in the microphone? There's like some sort of banging going on. I think it's in my head, though. And um, it's been that kind of week. Mr. Rogers had this feeling that people were better in general. When you watch this movie, Tom Hanks nails it. I'm glad Brad Pitt won the Oscar, but Tom Hanks was perfect as Mr. Rogers. I looked at Tom Hanks and I said, I'm watching Mr. Rogers reincarnated. His cadence, his tone, his look, his comfort. Perfect casting, fascinating movie. Don't not see the documentary, but make sure you see this movie. And special trivia, the opening song in this movie is called Northern Sky. And it threw me off because Northern Sky, for me, is the end of serendipity with John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. It can only be that. But they used it to start A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it frustrated me. I went through it. Okay, um, anyone out there like Aubrey Huff? Anyone know who Aubrey Huff is? Okay, Aubrey Huff is a former player. Played for the Rays for a bit. Played for the San Francisco Giants for a bit. Aubrey Huff is a guy who is a, um, well, let me, let me put this nicely. Aubrey Huff is someone who uh, is very outspoken politically, extremely, extremely conservative, extremely, like extremely. And on top of that, he's very active on social media and has gotten in great trouble. I don't mean the type of Kurt Schilling trouble where he just gets in trouble because he is, Kurt Schilling is very pro conservative and pro-Trump. Nothing wrong with being pro-Trump or anti-Trump. You want to be what you want to be politically? That's fine. You want to tweet out your political beliefs? That's fine. That's the right that we all, we all, forgive me, please. I want to apologize. I, I can't stand when people do that. I can't stand when people say that we all fought for. I didn't fight one second for democracy. I was born into it. I had this argument and discussion with Jose Fernandez all the time. He told me I could never understand what he went through to be free being from Cuba because I was born into freedom. He told me I would never understand what it would mean to try to fight for freedom and then to be free. You're right. I didn't do anything. I was born into it. Part of what I was born into is I can say whatever I want. However, words have consequences. If I'm gonna say whatever I want, that's fine, I'm allowed to. On the other hand, there may be things that happen, unintended or intended consequences. This year's the 10th anniversary of the San Francisco Giants World Series victory in 2010. They're doing a 10-year celebration. Why not? You're going to sell tickets. You're going to do a giveaway. You're going to bring everyone back. It's always fun to relive the glory days. You get Springsteen in to sing a song. It's all good. Except they didn't invite Aubrey Huff. 
and it became a huge deal. Back and forth statements. And what was interesting about this in this baseball offseason of statements galore, nonstop, I've never seen so many statements. Aubrey Huff went public and sent an entire huge statement as part of his tweet saying that it's true. I spoke to Larry Bear. Larry Bear is the CEO of the Giants. We've spoken about him. It took me by surprise when I was uh, told I wasn't able to come to the reunion. And when I asked why, he said the board does not approve of my Twitter posts and my political support of Donald Trump. When I saw that, I stopped. I stopped reading. There's no way the San Francisco Giants called up Aubrey Huff. I know Larry Bear. Larry Bear is a small owner of the Giants. Yeah, Larry Bear's gotten in trouble. His role's changed. Forget all that. Larry Bear is not stupid. Larry Bear is not telling Aubrey Huff that he cannot come to the reunion because Aubrey Huff supports Donald Trump. Larry Bear works for the principal owner named Charles Johnson, the principal owner, the full major owner of the San Francisco Giants. Why don't you look to see who your owner supports? You think that Larry Bear doesn't know that there is support of certain Republican candidates around the country of his owner? You think Larry Bear would then go to a player and say it's because of your political views that you're not invited? It was laughable. I knew Aubrey Huff was full of it. There was no chance that Larry Bear would ever go anywhere near telling Huff it had to do with his support of Donald Trump. Then Aubrey Huff walked it back. God, there's nothing worse than walking it back. I've had to do it. It happens. Walking back sucks. This one was walked back so quickly because it turns out the Giants put out another statement saying, no, it had nothing to do with any support of Donald Trump or any political belief. It had more to do with the fact that he is a misogynistic piece of shit, which is what he is. And that is a perfectly good reason if you don't want to invite him. My view, I'm perfectly happy to invite all players to all reunions. You know why? Let him stand on the line and get booed or get cheered. Let the people decide. Let people vote with their mouths or their fingers. Aubrey Huff was a part of your championship. You think that every player on every team is a good guy? You think you agree politically with every player on every team? No. You think that Aubrey Huff is the only guy who is either pro-Trump, which isn't relevant in this case, or is the only guy who has this visceral hatred toward women and love of guns and totally outrageous points of view about certain things. No. But the Giants are choosing this person. They're choosing this moment. And they're getting lauded for it. And I'm angry. I don't want anyone to be lauded for trying to stop someone's constitutional right of free expression or free speech. I am perfectly fine because what I stand behind, personally, I don't stand behind what everybody says what everybody does. I stand behind the right of everybody to say or do it. I stand behind me feeling so uncomfortable and angry when I read what people say. I stand behind the disgust I feel when people tweet or say things that I so vehemently disagree with. But I love the fact they have the right to do it. The Giants should have invited Aubrey Huff. Let him decide whether he's going to come. Put him on the line. Introduce him. Let him stand in a line of autograph seekers and have not one person be online. And then you'd be shocked at the number of fans you do have 
who are online. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so you want to talk to Samson. This is about to be interesting. I'm very sorry that someone asked me this question because I have to answer it. Uh, so you want to talk to Samson, follow me at David P. Samson, please. And you can then ask me a question under DMs. My DMs are open. I'll respond to as many as I can. I, I must admit I cannot respond to everyone as much as I try. But I respond to many. And if there's something I want to cover or something that enough people want me to cover, I will. Here you go. I know you're listening, Marlins. Do you know how I know you're listening? Because I know. So you want to talk to Samson. Bruce Sherman is the owner of the Miami Marlins. I haven't talked much about the transaction where Bruce Sherman and Derek Jeter bought the Marlins back in 17. I haven't given too much detail about it. I will. He met the media the first day of spring training. That's the right of all owners. You meet the media during spring training. Normal. Reasonable. Then he said a few things, and my at David P. Sampson lit up. What's your reaction? Do you want to come on the air and talk about it? What do you feel about what he said about you? Well, you win because I'm about to comment. And first, I'm going to tell you what he said. This is Bruce Sherman. This is a guy who owns a Major League Baseball team who has disappeared. He leaves everything to Derek Jeter. Anything, everything is up to Derek Jeter. Except Bruce Sherman is the one who's the control person of the Marlins. Bruce Sherman is the actual owner of the Marlins. Bruce Sherman is the Fred Wilpon. He is the major owner of your Miami Marlins. For all of the fans of the team, all the people who aren't fans of the team, all the people who don't actually care, this is a guy named Bruce Sherman. Bruce Sherman bought the Marlins for $1.2 billion back in October of 2017. Bruce Sherman gave the reins to Derek Jeter and said, you're the CEO. You're a little tiny fractional owner. You've got five years to turn this around. And I love you so much, Derek. I want to be around you so much. You mean the world to me. By the way, can I have your secret cell phone number? Can I get that special number so I can call you and speak to you every single day? Can we talk about baseball and have you tell me everything about baseball? Because I'm just a fan and I love it. Okay? And by the way, I am putting in about $400 million, but I don't want to lose more. Oh, we lost more. I guess I got to put more money in, but I'm still okay because I still have your secret cell phone, don't I? I digress. The question was asked to Bruce Sherman. 
That was the question. Ready? Wait for it. The question was asked the first day of spring training of Bruce Sherman. Nope. It was on direct. Bruce Sherman said, we bought this team in October of 2017, and the old regime was irrelevant that day and is still irrelevant. And then he went on to say, unsolicited, that we, me, me, I interfered with the day-to-day management of the team. And so I am the reason why the Marlins are so bad. We're the reason why they had to trade all the players. Bruce, let me clarify and let me answer. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care that you fired me. I don't care that I don't have the secret cell phone number anymore. I actually just care that you wired the money to our owner. I care because I want my hometown team to do better. But let me ask you a question. Your current president of baseball operations was there under us. The players you traded were players that we signed or drafted. And those are the players who got you all these great draft players, other young players, prospects, where you now say how happy and proud you are that your farm system is in the top five and not ranked 30. You say that you want a sustainable winning team. Everybody wants that, Brucey. You think that every owner doesn't say what you say? If the Red Sox have windows, if the Yankees have windows, do you think you as the owner of the Marlins aren't going to have windows where you're going to win and then you're going to have to trade off the players and then build again? You haven't owned the team long enough to have any idea what you're talking about. When you've been in the game for 18 years, I want you to look back and tell me how many championships you have. When you've been in the game 18 years, I want to know how many players you drafted, developed, who became superstars, MVPs. I want to know what you did so differently than what we did that you are still after two years, three years, we are so in your kitchen. You monitor every tweet I send, every show I do. You have lawyers making sure that there's nothing nefarious going on, trying to catch me doing something. Bruce, I haven't even started. You have no idea what I could do. Why would I do it? Everybody knows what you paid, and everybody knows what the record is of your team. And everybody knows the situation with you and Derek. Everybody knows you have no new TV deal. Everybody knows you have no new naming rights deal. It's not a secret. All the stuff that you have done, you think it's brand new? You think actually that you're trying stuff that I didn't try? You think it's possible that putting turf on and adding a few standing room only places and lowering concessions to $5 beers, you think we didn't try that? You are so busy trying to distance yourself from the previous regime that you can't even walk a straight line forward. Here's my advice. It's not personal. You even indicated you watched this show. You said, by the way, this is business. It's not emotion. You screwed up the show. It's business. It's nothing personal. That's the show. Nothing personal. I'm not being personal to you. I'm explaining to you, stop blaming the past regime for all of your problems. Stop blaming me for the fact that things aren't working for you in Miami or that you had to clean up so much stuff. You take the microphone in spring training and I'm your first thought. I'm tickled. I'd rather be someone else's first thought, not yours, but I'm happy. God, I could keep going.
Thank you for So You Want to Talk to Samson. So my reaction was, I don't really have a reaction. <laughs> Pick of the day. Did you watch the slam dunk contest? We got that right. I don't know what happened to Duncan Robinson in the three-point contest. Forget it. You knew Team LeBron was going to win. You knew it would be 157 to 155. By the way, I saw on, on Twitter that if you add 157, 155, it equals 24, which was Kobe Bryant's number. I can't imagine that was planned because I'm not sure that anyone would have the ability to think about that up front and tell the guys, hey, finish this game. What, what is it, Coca? Oh, and if you subtract 150, 155 from 157, that's two, which was Gigi's number. So, so Anthony Davis purposefully missed a free throw. I, 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 anyway, it was a great all-star game. I was very interested. I was very happy. I hope you all understood what was happening because I did because we explained it to you. Pick of the day, Sixers minus nine versus Nets. There's a guy here. He's a great guy. His name is John. Follow him on Twitter, actually, because he's so blinded by his love of Philadelphia sports that it's actually ridiculous. And he told me, stop picking the Sixers. They stink. Stop losing your pick of the day. I'm 14 and 16. Here's the difference. There's going to be a pregame meeting, as there is with every team, prior to the first game after the All-Star break. And what's going to be told to the Philadelphia 76ers is the following. Listen, forget the first half, the inconsistencies, the up and down. You still have a chance. You have a chance to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's go after it. They're going to crush the Nets. It's an easy one tonight. Okay, uh, wait to see. Wait to see is something that um, is what we do at the end of every show. And wait to see is when I tell you something that I think is going to happen. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But either way, you're going to know. I was right. XFL viewership went down in week two. Everyone was super excited about the XFL. It was all exciting. But I knew viewership would go down, and it did. I got personal when it came to Carmelo Anthony. Not about him as a person. I don't know him at all. I thought that he is an absolute negative to have on a team. I thought there's no way the Blazers would keep him active after the All-Star break. It turns out the Blazers are not a better team, in my opinion, with Anthony. But he is still active. Therefore, I was wrong. What is my wait to see today? Uh, in the next day or two, there's going to be big news. Could be next week, but sometime in the next four or five days. Major League Baseball is going to have to come out and say what the Red Sox punishment will be. We are going to break it down for you piece by piece on nothing personal. That's not the way to see because that's an automatic win. What is not a win is that I believe the Red Sox punishment is guaranteed to be less than what the Astros received, no matter what the Red Sox were guilty of. Because given the PR that has surrounded what happened with the Astros and the punishment, the Astros punishment has to be seen as being bigger, greater, more. The Red Sox will be less, smaller. So when they look at the Red Sox, they will actually, this is what the commissioner will say to them. Hey, guys, hey. It was business. It's nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.